Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out. Last week, we wrapped what was supposed to be a two-part series on moving on when your abuser dies with Sarah Fraser. It was incredible on so many different levels. There was some healing, some revisiting of things that we didn't even realize we had to heal from. And then there was all of you who showed up and legitimately just poured your feelings, your opinions, your perspectives in about our episode. We were not anticipating this being a three-part series at all. But uh, the way this show works is we help people, right? So this week, I want to answer some of those questions that we got from you. We are turning our two-part story into a three-parter. Go helpers. This is all because of you. I guess when we ask you to ask questions or if you want to follow up with something and then you do it, we can't, we got to follow through too, right? So we got a ton of DMs and a ridiculous amount of comments on Instagram and Facebook wanting more information about what happened. Now, normally I will say this, asking people to relive their trauma is a lot, but we opened that door on purpose because we knew that talking about our experiences would allow other people to talk about theirs. We knew that it was going to be extremely tough But we also knew that if we have been dealing with this for years, that probably there's a lot of other people who are also dealing with some of this, who've been dealing with it for a long time. And we wanted to do our part in saying, listen, we see you, we hear you, you matter, you exist. And most importantly, if no one has told you this yet, I believe you. I believe you. We believe you. All right. So I guess let's just get straight to it. I want to take some time and speak directly to all of the helpers that took time and energy that decided to share some of their stories that had lots of questions. And so, uh, yeah, here it goes. Do you still talk to intern John or Eric? The answer would be no. Um, Eric and I have had a few conversations, uh, text messages. I checked on him when Kane died. And, um, you know, we have had text exchanges over the last couple of years, but we've never actually gotten together and discussed everything that happened. Um, I don't actually think I'm interested in it anymore. Like, I think that so much time has passed that there was ample time to reach out and to kind of make amends there and, and land that. John, don't talk to John. Do not wish to talk to John unless John is in a completely different human being I have no desire to speak to John. I don't wish either of them ill will. Um, I really, really hope that they are happy and they are doing really important things in the world. Just not my cup of tea anymore, period. Why are John, Eric, and Radio Rose silent? That is something that you would have to ask Eric, Rose, um, and John. But I will say this. The grace that I have found in some of it is that an abuser is really good at terrifying people, right? And so without a doubt, 
when I was booted off the show and the whole I'm busy thing, and even though I wasn't busy, which we all know about, um, I think it's safe to bet that they were threatened to not reach out. I think it's safe to say that, you know, once you have been pushed out of the show and the company, that there are rules you must follow. Now, me as a person who doesn't care about shit like that, you're not going to tell me who I can and cannot talk to. That was one of those things that was so hurtful for me because I think that you got to, at some point, you got to stand for what's right over everything. But I also, again, understand being in fear. I mean, look how long it's taken me to tell my full truth, right? The man had to die before I could finally say every single thing that I needed to say, right? So to feel safe enough, to feel free enough. So I can imagine that while he was alive and they were still working on his show, they absolutely were terrified and couldn't reach out. Now, with that being said, he is gone and there still have has been no type of, any type of like reaching out or anything. And I did, I have reached out to Rose over the years, um, years ago now at this point, we haven't talked um, at all. But, but yes, to, to answer your question, I don't talk to any of them. I don't want to talk to any of them anymore. I have moved on. I feel good about it and I wish them well. I know Rose is married and that's really one of the things she wanted to do. And it made me really happy to know that she got married and I did, I'm not even gonna lie. I did do a little stocking on the on the gram and I saw her in her beautiful wedding dress and she looked incredible. And Rose is the only person, to be honest with you, that I feel sad about losing because Rose was, and probably still is, an extremely quality human being. She was also very young and new in her position and probably had to play a role that she didn't want to play. I just wish that after everything, that maybe she would have reached out and said, like, damn, like I'm like, I'm sorry. But again, we all move, we all move our own ways, right? We don't really know why people move the way that they do. So, you know, I let that live. But I wish them all well. Um, and I think I did a pretty good job answering that question, hopefully. Have you talked to Mel? Yes, I adore Mel. And, I, you know, I had a similar experience with Mel like I had with Sarah. Mel got painted in a really bad light even while we were on the show together. Um, the way that she was painted and, and she was seemed to be difficult, but she really wasn't. It was more our abuser trying to have control over things. But yes, I actually am the person who told Mel that Kane died. So I told Sarah that Kane died and I told Mel that Kane died. And Mel was extremely emotional. And, you know, she's such a good person that, as, as a matter of fact, we got to invite Mel onto the show. Mel will absolutely come on the show, I'm, I'm sure. So I will reach out to Mel and see if we can get her on because I don't really want to speak for Mel. You know, Sarah was able to come on and she was able to, to, to say her piece. And I feel like we should give Mel the opportunity to do that if she so chooses. But yes, I talked to Mel. She is married, happy, living her best life. She's running an incredible blog and she's just thriving out there in Florida. And I'm so proud of her. And I'm really proud of all of us as women for coming together the way we did. Um, do you ever reach out to Kane's ex-wife did you, during or after the divorce, in regards to Natasha's allegations of abuse, have you spoken to her since Kane died? Yes, I've never actually lost contact with Natasha. I check on Natasha and the girls occasionally. Um, you know, when Kane died, I reached out to her. And it wasn't out of the ordinary because I've reached out plenty of times. And we we have, there was a point where we couldn't talk as much as probably either of us wanted to because she was still so connected to Kane and I didn't want to be dealing with drama, toxicity, or 
even be close to my abuser through proximity. And unfortunately, because she had to be attached to him for the rest of her life because she had his children, it just didn't really feel like a safe space for me. So we kind of had um, some space between us, but it was always all love. And I respect Natasha. I know what she has had to endure. And I would never speak on that because um, it's her personal story. But I will say that I did reach out after Kane passed. I sent her... Um, some things for her and the girls. I will always show up for her and those girls whenever they need, if they need. Um, it's all love because they are great kids. She is a phenomenal woman and she's always had my back too. So, um, so much love to all of them. Was he really a good dad? I would say yes. I I think that, I mean, his kids would be the ones to to answer that, but he... It depends on what, I guess it depends on what you would say. Like, I believe his kids would think he was a good dad. You know, he he had issues. He had a mental illness and he had addiction issues. So even if your dad is a great dad, if he has those things, I'm sure some of that bleeds over and you start to see your parents' deficits. Um, I definitely know that I recognize my own dad's deficits. So I can understand that the girls probably saw the best of him and probably the worst. That's the truth. But I do believe when it came to the girls, he really tried. I do think he tried. I think that he showed his love through like finances sometimes. Like he bought them a lot of things. He showed up for them. And maybe that was his love language, but I don't know. But for me, I believe that the girls were one of the only things that he might've really cared about with the exception of radio. So I hope that the girls are filled with tons of good dad memories um, because I know that there are probably a lot of bad stories that they'll stumble across um, someday when they start to discover if they don't already know. And I'm willing to bet they've seen some peaks of it, but who their dad was. Has anyone from the Kane show reached out to you since you've left, since Kane died? Um, nope. Again, the only person I spoke to was Eric and that was just a quick check-in to make sure everybody was good. And Honestly, it's been so long. Like, Kane did so much damage that we could never just pick up where we left off, right? Like, that's such a long time. And to never have people even have your back or anything like that, I will say, because I will, I'm not going to share what was, was talked about, but there are people on the show who I never worked with who did, in fact, reach out and have a very similar story of abuse. But that is... Yeah, that that exists also. And, and I believe he abused people before me, of course, and definitely people after me. It's Are you sure it was abuse, not that he was just a bad boss? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, how about fuck you? <laughs> uh, because, yeah. Oh, wow, that's an awful question. Yes, I'm sure it was abuse. I don't know how to explain it to you, um, and nor will I. So again, non-negotiable. Abuse is abuse. It absolutely was abuse. It was narcissistic, traumatizing abuse, and it led to years of therapy. And I don't know what else to say, but he wasn't my boss anyway. He was the co-host of a show I was on. So it wasn't, absolutely, he wasn't a bad boss. This man asked me to kennel my kids on occasion. He told me to put my kids away. So he was um, an awful human being, and I stand by that, and I will ride for that to the day I die. Is War of the Roses really fake? Man, damn. This is where Sarah and I differ a little bit. I enjoy Radio Magic, right? 
And so it was always one of those things that I didn't want to talk about, not because I wanted to be like in on the secret, but just because, you know, when we're watching a TV show, we can suspend reality. But yes, Where the Roses is fake as hell. I don't know how it's 2021 and y'all don't know this. There's like Reddit boards. Everything will tell you that it's not real, right? I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's completely not real. I'm sorry to tell you that because I understand like radio magic and things like that, but you asked the question, so that is the answer. Uh, every time I was a part of War of the Roses, it was fake. There were some that didn't air because they were so unbelievably horrible that I would put my foot down and say like, this is racist or very sexist. Like this can't air on, this cannot air. This is, this can't happen. Even if it was make believe because the way you present it is that it's not fake, right? When it's presented, it comes across that it is a very real, true story. And if this is how we're presenting things as reality, then we have to understand that the way the viewers are, like you think, you thought it was real all this time and all these awful stories. That's another thing. Uh, Leaving Radio was really helpful to me and Sarah because like, imagine having to write stories about how people just abuse each other. Like they're just cheating on each other or they're doing all these things and they're not like, being required to write, like I'm a writer and I love writing, but being required to write cheating stories, especially when you discover your own husband is cheating and them not realizing how triggering this could be for you. Yeah, it was too much, right? So like I, the fakeness, lots of fakeness, right? <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry about War of the Roses, but I mean, think about it. Isn't it great that it's fake? Like, is that really what we want? People constantly, there's so much cheating that we can give you a roar of the roses almost every other day. We don't need that. We need good joy, all the good things. But yes, sorry to tell you that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. people brought up stories that I didn't even remember. So people were writing, telling us about the episodes where they stopped listening. And that was mind blowing for me. So I want to tell you that when those things were happening to me, it felt very isolating because you got to remember we're in a studio. I can't see you listening. I can't see your jaw drop when he says something racist or sexist. I know how I feel in the moment, but you're in your car, you're driving to work or driving to drop the kids off. I can't see your reaction. So in those moments, it was just me all by myself. And then, of course, him and his lackeys, right? So he would say something and John would laugh or Eric would chime in and, you know, it became a thing. So I didn't know that while I was over there feeling, you know, attacked sometimes, feeling embarrassed, feeling um, all these different types of things, that you also, some of you, were feeling those things too. A lot of people were telling us about their episodes, like I said, where they stopped um, 
they stopped listening. Someone brought up the episode where I was pregnant and he was talking about a smell and I asked him to stop because I was sensitive and pregnant only for him to continue to describe it in detail, which then made me throw up on the air. A lot of people said that they stopped listening after that because it was evident that as a pregnant woman, I was advocating for my needs and he thought it was all fun and games. Someone else brought up the one where a skateboarder had lied and said he got beat up by a group of black men. And uh, he kind of just graced over the fact that the man had lied about the fact that it was black men that had beat him up. And I was like, yo, this is something we should talk about. And he completely shut me down. No, you know, of course, we can't talk about that. Um, So I, I get that. Another one was, you know, I had brought up on my Instagram that he used to correct my English all the time. He would, you know, when I used to say I was asleep, so that's how I talk. And then like they would stop and have a whole English lesson. I was so mind blown at how many of you reached out and said like, that was the last day I listened. It was so embarrassing and so belittling. And I just remember that, I remember that like it wasn't nothing. And like, it just was so blatant and so racist and so uncomfortable. So for you all to have remembered that too was really validating actually, because it's something that I've had to hold on to for a long time, but to have other people, peach people too, thank you, friends, um, say like, yo, I was listening and so embarrassed for them, like they sounded so ignorant, et cetera. That was really helpful for me just to know that I wasn't alone in that, just to, oh my God, trying to explain to people, I get to sound how I want to sound and try to explain that everybody has culture and we show up differently and we sound differently and things like that. Mind-blowing, mind-blowing, really. So it's just so many different things. I'm loving reading all your questions. Let me tell you something. There was one that I never even, that I didn't even remember. And so many were like, yeah, the last day I listened was this, or the last day I listened was this. And somebody said that he had referred to Cameo, you know, who sings Candy uh, and Word Up, like things, just like candy, I can live when you want. You know what I'm talking about, right? So Cameo Candy, which is a Black culture staple. You go to any Black wedding, you will absolutely hear cameo and the song will be candy and black people will cut the fuck up, right? We will dance, we will shout, we will love on each other because that is such a big part of our culture. And he called cameo on air a one-hit wonder. And when I tried to correct him, he belittled the hell out of me because of course his opinion mattered more than mine despite the fact that I grew up black in a black household with cameo playing all the time and it wasn't just candy. And so somebody was like, yeah, that was the last day I listened because I knew the show wasn't for me. And these are just like little tiny things, right? Like this isn't the, the you heard the episodes, right? You know, part one and part two. And you heard some of the stuff that we experienced and that wasn't even scratching the surface of, you know, the things that we went through. So I'm just, um, I'm grateful that you listened. I'm grateful that, while I felt extremely isolated in that situation, I realize now that I never really was. You heard it too. And you were listening and you felt some kind of way. And some of you walked away. You walked, some of you walked away before I walked away. That is incredible. Some of you listened and you thought, oh, I don't rock with this. I don't stand for this. And even when I wasn't strong enough to save myself, you knew you couldn't listen to somebody being treated like that. And that is the dopest shit 
ever. Like I can't even put into words how beautiful that is. And I'm so grateful that, you know, you knew the difference between right and wrong and you walked away. And now that I know that, even though it's been years, now that I see your stories and the way that you walked away and the things that you believed and felt hearing the things that I was going through, it is just extremely validating. And I'm so grateful. I'm truly, truly grateful. Um, how do you feel knowing that several people wrote us saying that they didn't feel seen until the series? This is, the, I had no idea. I, I got to tell you, a lot of times when I do this stuff, it's, it's, it starts off as a, like purely for healing, right? Like we should talk about this because maybe it'll help other people. But sometimes I talk about things because I know that we got to get it out and we got to heal and got to move forward. I had no idea. When I tell you my DMs are lit right now with people who are survivors of workplace abuse, with people who are surviving workplace abuse right now, or people who are like, I need to know the signs of this so that when I, like, wow, I didn't even know what this looked like. I'm in awe of your stories and your vulnerability to share. Some people are still under gag orders, so they slid in my DM very quietly and said, listen, I don't want you to share this, which I won't, but this is what I'm going through. And your episodes, you and Sarah discussing your workplace abuse, really helped me. It's helping me fight harder. It's helping me do all these things. So I'm just, you know, you, you never really know what people are going through until you talk about it. And so I think that while there's a lot of people who have always said about me, she's an oversharer, she does this, she does that, you know, all these things. I'm so grateful that I was made this way. I'm like, that I, I was set up like this, right? Like, this is how I operate because to see all these DMs and to see all these messages about people who, this is the first time I've shared. I've never felt comfortable enough sharing this. I didn't even realize what I was experiencing was workplace abuse. We have to name what what we're going through. If we don't name it and we don't talk about it, hell, we could be experiencing it and not even be aware. That is not a normal way to be treated in the workplace. It is not. And if you are being treated that way in any in any capacity in your workplace, you are not safe. You do not deserve it. And that ain't it, okay? We got an email or a DM from a woman who literally almost terminated a pregnancy for a job where she was being mistreated constantly by her employer. Can you even imagine? Even imagine that you're being treated so bad at work that you don't even want to bring a baby into the situation because Lord have mercy, the stress that you're going through, holy hell. You know, abuse at home, abuse in relationships. Women came out the woodwork. Men, I had men message me apologizing, which is insane. You didn't abuse me, sir. You don't have to apologize. But I know that so many of you felt duped by a person. I really see that. But you don't owe me an apology. You did not harm me, friends. You did not. But I do appreciate it. I appreciate the men who slid into my DMs and said, wow, I look at this all of this differently, and he really duped me. And he did, but you don't have to apologize, okay? He duped a lot of people. And we're all moving forward, all right? There was a woman waiting for her abuser, her uh, stepfather who sexually assaulted her, to die and feeling a lot of ways about waiting for his death because she didn't know how, you, you, because she was abused by someone she trusted. 
She was in, she's in pain and she, you know, she feels bad. You're, you're in this limbo. Like, am I supposed to feel okay? Am I supposed to feel relieved? You get to feel however the hell you want to feel. Somebody harmed you. Nobody gets to tell you how to feel. Nobody gets to tell you the proper way to heal from your trauma. So many emails, so many DMs, so many comments, all right? So many comments. I know that abuse is a tough topic um, to talk about. We got messages from people who stayed in abusive relationships because they didn't know what else to do. We, I mean, there were so many And I wish that I could go through each and every one of them. I will try to my best to respond to everyone, but I will tell you this. Thank you. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for being vulnerable and transparent. I know that you all sharing as well is going to help people, right? Look, I shared, Sarah shared, and holy hell, did the floodgates open. That's what happens when we move this way, when we move in a way that is Putting, protecting us as people. We are people. We deserve safety in all spaces. My job is to make sure I move in a way that I don't harm people. That's how I see it. And by me telling my story, if it allows other people to step out of their own harm, to share their stories and be harmed a little less, by all means, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. And nobody gets to tell you again how to heal and how to move forward. You It happened to you. You get to decide. You get to heal on your own terms. But at the end of the day, God, I hope you heal. I really do. Because friends, I sat in that pain for so long, that that discomfort of why on earth would a person treat me like this? I had the self-doubt. I picked myself apart. I criticized myself. I wondered what was wrong with me. I wondered why I didn't fight back. I spent years so mad at young Danielle for not moving the way 36-year-old Danielle would move now. And that's not cool or fair. So show yourself love for the situations you're in because once you're out of those situations, you'll never move that way again. You will learn from it and you will set a different boundary and you will never move that way again. And I really hope that for you. Thank you so much for all your emails, all of your DMs, all of your comments. We can't name them all, but we are so grateful. For those of you who are struggling with abuse, we did do an awesome episode with Paul Coliani. It was an episode about our loved ones and abuse, you know, what happens in those. Um, And it talks a lot about just so many different things, really helpful tips on how to handle some of this stuff. And Paul is fantastic to listen to. His perspective is everything. So if you're looking into more resources for, you know, struggling with abuse, whether that is, you know, domestic abuse, whether that is workplace abuse, just in general, Loved Ones and Abuse is a great episode to check out on Help a Human Out. Uh, It's the Paul Coliani episode. To anyone and everyone who has experienced this or is going through it right now, I don't know how else to say this, but I'm going to say it loud and I'm going to say it clear. You are not alone, okay? You are not alone and you will never be alone. I will stand with you. I will be loud for you. I will do whatever I can to try to help protect you. You are not alone and you are not crazy.
Okay, so before I get out of here, I think it would be a disservice to not say something really important. I know that there are people who have different opinions about people's stories, and that's fine, right? What I want to remind you is that nobody gets to own your narrative. Nobody gets to own your story except for you. Everyone can have their opinions, everyone can have their perspectives, but you lived it. Your story is non-negotiable. It's not. If you've lived it and you've experienced it, your feelings are valid. Maybe someone wouldn't react the way that you would. Maybe somebody wouldn't move the way that you move or navigate a situation the way that you navigate a situation. None of that matters because at the end of the day, you own your narrative. You own your story and it is non-negotiable. Keep telling your stories, friends. I promise you it's saving lives. I gotta get out of here. You know, mom stuff, kid stuff, baby stuff, all those good things, teaching stuff. But before I get out of here, I just wanna say thank you again for everything. Remind you that if you have a question you would like us to answer, very easy thing to do. Send us a voice memo to Membo? Is that what I said? Send us a voice memo <laughs> to hahopodcast at gmail.com. That's H-A-H-O podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a DM on IG at hahopodcast. I am your host, Miss Danielle. So grateful for the last three episodes. Truly, truly grateful and so, so proud of all of our helpers. Our executive producer is Emma Martins. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music and is powered by Acast. We'll see you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.